Hello again and welcome to the Fun Fans Podcast. Thank you for listening. My name is James Dillard. and I got my co-host with me, Coach Bailey Jackson. How you doing, Bailey? I'm good. Hope you are today. Doing well. Doing well. It's been a fairly chill weekend with an away game and whatnot. Now, it was a roller coaster type of win for the Tigers. And uh, we will definitely get into all that in the stories from yesterday. But first, I want to give a shout out to Ruben's Food, Sports, Spirits, and Catering, the best wings around with two locations in the upstate, 1083 Batesville Road in Greer and 11028 Anderson Road in Piedmont, South Carolina. Find them at rubensc.com. Of course, I went there for dinner last night and the game was joined by Jadu. Uh, Jadu's not only a friend, but he's a sponsor of this podcast. He's MC, entertainer, entrepreneur. He does pep rallies, corporate events, game shows, fundraisers, galas. Uh, just put that man on the mic and let him liven up the party. Not only is Jadu a friend of mine, I've seen him work. And you and your organization will not be disappointed. Anytime you add Jadu to your function, he will be a guest here in just a couple of weeks now. We're really counting that down. And you can find him at itsjadu.com. He's easy to find on all forms of social media at itsjadu. Now, Bailey, you asked a question. You had me ask Jadu. Uh, well, you didn't have me ask Jadu, but you asked a question. I said, hey, I will ask Jadu about the difference between a party and a gala. Yeah, and, I was just curious last week when you read his uh, advertisement. He said he, he did he did parties and galas. I was just curious. Parties and galas. So, in our uh, assumption was that a gala was a little more formal. You know, we want to dress up a little bit. No, no, torn up jeans and that kind of thing. Right. And you know, we're we apparently are fairly cultured individuals, Bailey. Contrary to what a lot of our folk, our friends may think of us, because we were correct uh, in that guess and that assumption we did leave out uh, jadu said that people do expect to get fed at galas so oh. there's, there's definitely food so well that's good yeah that's good uh it's not it can't be a bring your own bojangles or you can't get all fancy and tell everybody to bring bring a side dish so okay. uh, you suggested having a gala if clemson plays for the natty yeah so, so uh, there's we, no potluck galas huh no no, no yeah that, that is a, a contradiction in terms the potluck gala. So we'll have to keep that in mind. Uh, I made some good use of my time with Jadu, picked his brain. He is much more of a podcaster, um, social media influencer for sure than I am. So I just want to point out I've uh, failed to do this and it's definitely beginners uh, just not knowing any better to ask the listeners to subscribe and I'm also learning that when you click subscribe on your favorite platform that you can get a notification that there's a new episode. So been listening to the fun fans podcast, click subscribe on your favorite platform. We are now available on anchor, Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcast, iTunes, no, iHeart radio podcast, and there's a new, or at least it's new to me, I think it said it was new, Podvine, P-O-D-V-I-N-E, is an app that I really like. It's new, it's interactive, so if you're looking for a platform to listen to your podcast on, especially the Fun Fans Podcast, check out the Podvine app. Find me on there, Fun Fans, James Dillard, I think you can search either way and find it, and uh, click subscribe, and I, that 
allows folks, I believe, to interact a little more. It's sort of a social media-ish podcast platform, and I think it's really cool. So uh, just wanted to throw that out to the listeners to listen to that. And uh, so, yeah, I got a lot of information uh, from Jadu last night while we were at Rubens enjoying the, the great food at the game. Bailey, did you do anything special for the game? Uh, no, I uh, took my family out to dinner, but we had to be back in time for kickoff. I watched the end of the uh, Alabama-Tennessee game, and then on the other TV had the Tigers starting. So it was a it was a good day of football and, and spending a little bit of time with my family. There you go. Speaking of family, my brother came out and watched the game with us. And um, let's just say the only advice I got from him is when you get into the CPAP life, you may need an alternate sleeping location that's all i'm going to say about that not going to give out personal business of big jason yeah i know all about it (laughs) it was uh it was interesting to hear the stories you you may need an alternate sleeping location the the cpap life there's probably a podcast out there uh about the cpap life so but it's a real thing too buddy yeah i bet so oh i'm and i yeah i know myself so um enough of that's that's what you learn and what you can get in get into conversation wise when you're enjoying football as a fan surrounded by friends and family so speaking of the game i'm just going to jump straight to the play can't believe it didn't make some top 10 list that i've seen highlights it's my favorite play I put the play in every year as a coach. I don't care what level I was coaching, middle school, JV. We were going to run the flicker, is what we called it in Chester, the flea flicker. And the way Clemson came out in the second half with a reverse flea flicker, and, of course, the fact that it actually worked and scored a touchdown, that made my night. That was crazy. Well, it it was all set up by Shipley's uh, return, and, man, uh, Shipley had a huge game, uh, rushing, catching the ball, and in the return game. And, you know, that play was um, – I'm sure they had talked about it at halftime, and they said, we're going to hit them uh, with this play right off the bat. And Davis Allen did a good job of kind of selling his block and then leaking out into the – you know, the down the sideline. And, and, and once again, DJ made an unbelievable throw. And um, I've got some pretty good DJ information for you. Well, let's hear it. All right, so at Wake Forest, NC State at home, and at Florida State, probably the three biggest games of the year, DJ's got 12 touchdowns, zero interceptions. And probably this stat is probably more impressive to me. Okay, in their second year as a starting quarterback, Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, DJ Uyungle. Passing yards, Deshaun Watson, 1566. Trevor, 1534. DJ, 1665. Nice. Rushing yards, Deshaun, 332. Trevor, 187. DJ, 337. It keeps getting better. Let's hear it. Touchdowns, Deshaun, 18. Trevor, 19. DJ, 21. Interceptions, Deshaun, 7. Trevor, 7. DJ, 2. Okay, so, you know, you can ask anybody that knows me. I've been a fan of this guy from day one, and when everybody's yelling at him in the bleachers and and everybody's on ESPN, what's wrong with DJ, this and that, um, the dude can make throws. He can play. And 
and, and when he's got the tools around him, he he's pretty he's pretty good. I'll tell you, he can flat out play. And I am of the mentality of coaching the kids up. And last year, there was there was obviously something missing, but DJ definitely have tools, and he got coached up or coached himself up or a combination, but. You know, some things are different this year, obviously, uh, including on the coaches' staff compared to last year. But I'm not into finger-pointing, just looking into the future. It does seem to me that whatever DJ went through and has learned from and obviously has progressed and his vibe with uh, Coach Streeter or maybe it's one of the other coaches, I'm not sure, is definitely – more positive, much better results uh, this year than last year. And, uh, you know, any comparison to those guys that you mentioned, uh, that's big time. That's big time. So, other and, than – And they're, they're just huge shoes to fill, okay? Huge. No, number one, the defense is not as good, okay? We know that. That's that's a thing, all right? We're, Clemson is averaging 38.5 points a game, all right? The defense is giving up more. But, you know, I'm watching Sunday afternoon football – and I see Clemson defenders making plays on every channel. So right. they were all on those teams. And, yep. you know, it just – it is what it is. It, you're not going to shut everybody out and score 50 points. It's not going to happen. Ask Alabama. That is correct. Yeah. yeah, ask Alabama. But Clemson, now another – I'm going to compliment us again, Bailey. We talked for the past couple of weeks here about how the game has flowed and it seems that Clemson has made adjustments and – going into halftime strong and come out of halftime strong. And listeners, I promise we do not have an inside track to the coaches' meetings. But And maybe this is just the first week that I've noticed it, but in the interviews, I've actually heard Dabo talk about that middle eight and they purposefully zone in on and they have some strategy, I don't know what it is, on winning that middle eight the four minutes before halftime and the four minutes as you come out of halftime. So, Baylor, we were on to something apparently and didn't even know it. Uh, but that was obviously the case. It seemed to be – it was way more glaring last night than even previous games this year. It's a tight game. It's a tight game. And then all of a sudden, boom, Clemson's up by 10, and then bam, we come out at halftime and score another touchdown. So they definitely have something going there, and hopefully they can definitely keep that going. And I know what all the fans are saying. We want to keep our foot on the pedal, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Dabo's post-game conference, he was saying the same thing. You know, he pointed out that those kids on the other side of the field, they weren't done. They weren't giving up. They're down by 20, but they're still playing, and they're good players, and they have good coaches, and they were not done. Their fans, did you see the stadium about late yeah. third quarter? Yeah. That, yeah, they were, they were dipping out. And, you know, the vibe on TV, you know, the commentators – it's like they're – I've mentioned this before. They're, just, they're giving Clemson the game, and all of a sudden Florida State scores to cut it within 13. Now, you know, like – and you said before, I'm a numbers guy, so a 20-point lead is way different than a 21- or 22-point lead. Right. And I, I was not uh, giving up on the game myself as early as some of the other folks. And, and you know, we as fans want that, and we want them to just keep it going and – 
But, you know, those other guys are playing too, and our coaches have a strategy. And it's also like Dabo said, you come out of Florida State with a win, that didn't used to always happen. Right. So we're going to take the dub. We're going to take on. the – <laughs> we're gonna take moving the on, baby. 7-0 record and uh, move on to the next opponent. But speaking of Alabama, that Tennessee-Alabama game, the biggest game in the country, it was huge. It turned into a great game as well. Uh, you got any particular thoughts on that game, Bailey? I, I know uh, Alabama gave up the most points they've given up in a game since 1907. Wow. Um, and, and I also know that eight of the 11 – SEC teams that played yesterday gave up at least 34 points. Now, we, you know, you can think the people in the SEC, and, and we love them. I got some good friends. They talk about how tough it is and how this and how that. Look, this the SEC defense quote that it's all about defense, throw it out the window, okay? That's right. Teams are scoring points. Uh, Tennessee's got Hypo coaching them. He's running gun and, um, you know, that game was not – when Alabama missed the field goal, I don't re- really remember exactly how much time was left, but they just went down there and and got in field goal range. It looked like a pro game. I want to uh, say it was 48 seconds. Yeah. And so, now luckily the field goal kicker, you know, he kind of <laughs> – he started his his uh, steps a little early, but he, he got enough of it to get it through. But that was, that was a pretty insane uh, – situation there in Tennessee, 102,000 people. Well, speaking of insane at the Tennessee game, I'm, you know, it was a great game and I loved it as a football fan and that's what this podcast is all about. So that's, that's enough about the game. Did you see Nick Saban's tantrum on the sideline when the kid picked up the, he touched the fumble, uh, not the fumble, he touched the the punt that he should have never touched. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with all due respect, and I really do mean that because Nick Saban is Nick Saban. He's a $10 million coach, multiple championships, et cetera, et cetera. And I know it's oranges and apples. But, Bailey, what would happen to you or me, especially if we were on camera and we reacted to a, a, a kid making a mistake like that? We just started throwing our arms around and jumping. I mean, he was jumping up and down and screaming and cussing. It, it was – I think it was quite, quite hilarious myself. Well, yeah, I mean, he – honestly, he can probably do whatever he wants to. Um, <laughs> and and everybody's going to be okay with it, and including losing a game. And then somehow here, – here's the deal. He's going to get – he's going to find his way back to the SEC championship. And That's they're right. Gonna, they're going to play either Tennessee or Georgia. Tennessee or Georgia and Georgia play on November 5th. All right, so one of those teams is not going to be in that SEC championship game. And one of them probably have one loss after that game. And then Alabama, the, the best team they've got left is Ole Miss. So yep. I think Alabama's the one that if they don't win the SEC championship, they got, they have no chance um, with two losses. But they'll figure out a way to get back. And on November 12th, they play Ole Miss. And a couple of weeks later, they'll probably be back in the – championship game and actually them losing probably hurts uh because it jumbles up everything um because a one loss alabama team always always trumps somebody else that yeah that definitely hurt clemson whoever wins the pack 12 14 or however many teams they have now 
and maybe, you know, a, a one-loss team from another conference. That definitely hurt us. But just uh, I laugh to think of anybody else in another profession, you know, a real estate agent acting like that when somebody backs out of a deal or something. Maybe that – I mean, it's, it's kind of – you can get away with that as a college football coach maybe. But it was a great game. Uh, good job, Tennessee. And uh, speaking of their fans, stormed the field. Now, I had heard – is there a fine – in the SEC for storming the field? I don't Did know, you... but it's going to at least cost them some goalposts. Oh, they got to pay for the goalposts. <laughs> I I am fairly certain I heard on college game day beforehand that it is a hundred and something thousand dollar fine from the SEC when the fans storm the field. Now, I don't know who, who pays the bill, the school, the athletic department. They, they try to pick out the fans. Who knows? But uh, that could be interesting maybe – Maybe we can find out for sure if Tennessee paid a bill on that one. Now, what about some other games? We There were a lot of undefeated versus undefeated yesterday. Is there anyone that stands out to you, Bailey? Um, Not especially. I, You know, I watched uh, – tell you what, was also a good game, and it finished after Clemson, was North Carolina and Duke. Yes. So, North Carolina's really good on offense, but, man – I feel bad for Duke. There were some questionable calls, and it—I know we just—you just asked me about other games, but I got to mention this: Do they even call holding in in, in the uh, NCAA football anymore? Because Clemson has been held all year. I've been screaming it, and I haven't seen another team get called for holding. You are not the first person to ask that question, right? So it is that is yet to be determined. Um, the emphasis: Don't call it. <laughs> Don't call it the um, just speaking of referees, the Southern Cal coach, the new coach out there at USC, his name escapes me at the moment. You know, he made a comment real quick. You know, they'll get fined if they get too much in the into the complaining about the officiating. But of course, and that's after a loss, an upset victory, but or an upset loss. But uh, he made a comment about the officiating. All the games I saw, the officiating seemed to be – it just seems to be inconsistent. The Clemson game, every time they would call something on Clemson, obviously I'm a fan. I'm like, no, that wasn't whatever. They showed the replay, and I was like, oh, yes, it was. Yeah. However, like you said, it was like we couldn't get the same call against Florida State maybe. And it wasn't just the Clemson-Florida State game, the Tennessee-Alabama. Things just seemed out of balance with the officiating, I saw – I watched the Penn State-Michigan game, well, along with many other games, and I'm just going to say, you know, we wonder why Michigan gets the props that they get. Their offensive line is really good. And probably the voters, they know if the OL is good, that's going to equal some Ws down the road. So I am just want to give a shout-out to Big Blue offensive line. And – um. Speaking of Southern Cal, Utah, they went for two at the end. I don't know if you saw that, but they scored a PAT, would have tied it up, but instead they went for two and got it. That's a gutsy call, really cool thing (laughs) that you don't see very often. Um, But, yeah, definitely North Carolina. And they have one loss. North Carolina sitting there with overall record one loss, right? Yeah, yeah. And if if Clemson continues to win um, in North Carolina – I mean, we're probably Clips is playing them in Charlotte if everything holds, if we hold serve. Right. So, speaking of how all that, you know, panned out, 
The polls come out today. So we've already talked about Tennessee beating Alabama. You know, Clemson gets bumped, but whatever. Um, Alabama falls all the way to number six in the AP poll. But as we've spoken about before, I like the power rankings. Kind of takes a lot of the bias out of that. And Bama fell to number nine in the power rankings. But Clemson is still in the five, six range in those polls. But I, you know, we got to admit, I'm sitting there watching those games and thinking the way Clemson has played so far now, I, I, I love Clemson. I'm going to pull for Clemson. And I have all the confidence in the world that if we played any of those teams, we would definitely have a shot at winning and could win. But I can't blame voters and other folks for watching all those games and those other teams, Ohio State, Tennessee, um, and Michigan even, and putting them ahead of Clemson the way Clemson seems to be a little bit. You know, we're going to win the middle eight. You play those teams, you're going to have to win. You're going to have to win more than the middle eight uh, to pull out a victory against Tennessee, Bama, Ohio State. So the polls are two weeks away. Is it too early to talk about the playoffs, Bailey? I don't think it's too early. I mean, I, I I say this: you still have Ohio State, Michigan. Somebody's going to lose. They That's play correct. each other. Okay, somebody's going to lose. I don't. Uh, it's not fair. If you look at, um, okay, here's a little trivia question for you: What team has more top twenty-five wins than any other team that's undefeated? Clemson. That's right. Two. Nobody else has more than one. Right. Ohio State has zero. Yeah. Right? So it, it's like, and then and now we have another ranked game. So Clemson's resume is, I, I think it's good. I mean, Wake is good. good. NC State was good when we played them. NC State's not good now. Their quarterback's out for the year. They can't throw the ball. They can't score points. And, and Syracuse has played one road game. Oh, wow. It was at UConn, the number 115th ranked team in the country. So, oh, wow. I, if Clemson – it's like Herb Street said last night. Clemson wins out, guess what? They're in. They're not going oh, to win out. But Got to win out. Definitely it's win just out. another argument for 12 teams, 16 teams, however you want to do it. Let's have more teams in there. But then we'd be having the same argument about number 13 and 14 or number – Nine and ten, if they only had eight, whatever. So, you know, that's de- just the way it goes. I definitely agree, and I definitely agree. I was thinking earlier today that this is one of those years where it is going to – it's laying out an argument for more teams in the playoffs. And just since it's been brought up, my personal opinion, I used to not be a fan of more than six. I was a I was a six guy, one and two, get a buy, that kind of deal. Right. But with – the NIL stuff and the transfer portal and without getting into the argument, whether that's good, bad, or indifferent, I definitely think it has caused more parity in college football. And with that, I think it's a good thing to open up to, to 12 teams in the playoffs. So, but this year is still just four, right? That's right. And it'll be two weeks from now when that committee gets together for the first time and they will release their poll the day before we release our podcast. So um, we might need to call and tell them they need to do that earlier so we can record. I don't know. We need to coordinate that better with the committee, Bailey. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll call somebody. Up, I'll call Condoleezza. Is she still doing that? I don't know. 
I'll shoot her a text or something. So, all right. So you brought up Syracuse, NC State. Well, and, and you've already said it. Syracuse has a big win for them. They're undefeated. But the asterisk, NC State uh, was playing without their quarterback, and they basically could not score points. So that was a great game for Syracuse, but you just don't know what type of measuring stick, again, that gives Syracuse. I know the Syracuse-Clemson game has already opened up with Clemson 14-point favorites, but it's still a big matchup for next week against Syracuse. It's in the national spotlight, and that's at noon. That's, you know, for us as fans, Bailey, we've talked about before that that is not our ideal time to start a kickoff. Nope. But, uh, hey, we're going to tailgate a little bit before the game, and then we'll tailgate a lot after the game, right? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to cook us up something after the game. It's homecoming, man. That's right. So, homecoming, national spotlight, big matchup coming up this Saturday. We're looking forward to it. I'm sure it's going to make for a great podcast. So, let's get to our question of the week. Now, last week – we asked a question about the time zones, and we wanted to go coast to coast. And did you know we did that, Bailey? Did we? Well, kind of. So we had an answer on TikTok from a guy in the central time zone. Nice. And I got an answer from a guy who was watching some college football in Seattle, but it was it was my neighbor who lives like right here, but he works regularly in Seattle. So that counts. That should count. And we, we were missing the mountain time zone, but – but, that, I mean, I'm going to say that counts. We literally went from coast to coast, and uh, our opinions were correct on that one. So, just like what we said, you know, the grits and eggs and bacon on the 11 o'clock kickoffs, bless their heart, and you were correct where you wake up at 9 o'clock in the morning on the West Coast, start watching football, and you can actually uh, stay up and watch the late game. So, what is this week's question of the week? So, I'm curious what – the nation's go-to highlight show is every Sunday morning. I watch college football final. I just like it. I like college football final, like what they do. So I want to know what your go-to highlight show is. Find me on social media, including TikTok. We're going to share this podcast and let me know what your go-to um, highlight show is. Now, speaking of, I just got to point out of uh, <laughs> TikTok and um, college football final. Joey Galloway is starting to seem to be watching Coach 30 on TikTok. Okay. If you know, you know. That's all I'm going to say about that. All right. So before we get out of here, I just want to give a shout out to Mini Split Specialist. They're ready to fulfill your air conditioning and heating needs. Whether you're looking for a single zone unit for a bonus room or need an experienced professional, to fully design and install a complete multi-zone system for a 40-story office building, they have the tools and experience to guarantee a comfortable and energy-efficient space. Browse through their system types at minisplitspecialists.co or just give them a call at 864-305-5125. Thanks again for checking us out each and every Wednesday morning. Don't forget to click and subscribe on your favorite platform. And on behalf of the Fun Fans Podcast, J Thrill Entertainment, and Bailey Jackson. That's me, and we're out. Thanks for listening.